Welcome to the Calvary Community Church Podcast. For more content and information about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryhouston.com. We really are blessed, aren't we, Calvary? What a privilege. Thank you to those who are also joining us online. We just continue to pray that you'll experience the presence of God, that you'll experience His power in your life, and that you'll be aware of Him and what He's doing. I just want to speak that blessing over you. Today I want to tackle the topic of responding to our current reality for this new school year. And this is not just for students, for teachers, for staff, but this is for all of us. This is a new season. We've never been through anything like this before. As you know, my calling is to equip the saints. I want to raise up people who are equipped and move in the instruction of the Lord for the sake of the kingdom of God and His purposes. But today I'm also asking that God would speak to our hurts and that God would speak to our hearts. I'm, I'm asking the Lord to do that. I can't get away from giving instruction and, and that equipping, but but also want you to know, I know this is a difficult time, and uh, sometimes I just kind of press through and kind of set my face like flint, that here's where I'm going, and I'm going to get there. But I want to I want to acknowledge that this is a time when people's hearts are hurting, and when it is a difficult time, I don't want to undermine that in any way or diminish that. So I do want to say... I want to talk about our current reality. I believe that our current reality is challenging. Some of us are hurting. Some of us are just tired. And some of us are missing out on so much. And some of us are anxious about what this next year is going to look like. They have so many unknowns. So right now, Lord, as we spend time in your word and spend time together, Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts Touch our hearts, Lord. Would you remove burdens? Lord, with your comfort, would you help us to feel affection, affection of the living God in our hearts and lives, your love for us. Lord, I also pray that you would heal hurts. Lord, I pray that the hurts and fears and anxieties with which you're dealing, Lord, you would help us to release those to you. We thank you for your capacity that's endless to deal with those. Jesus, thank you for the invitation to come to you all who are weary and all who are struggling and heavy laden, carrying heavy burdens, and we can find rest from you. We can find a new reality. I pray that you'll engage us that way today, Lord. So we pray you'll speak to us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Current reality. In March of 2020, who could have imagined that we would go off to spring break or some of us off to spring vacations and then when we came back, we'd be in lockdown mode. I mean, how many of you prophesied that and saw that coming? Yeah, it just it caught us off guard. And so who could have imagined that we'd have gone through a lockdown? Who could have imagined that in the spring we would have missed spring concerts in our schools, in uh, the public performances and in events and entertainment. We'd have missed sports and proms and graduations would all have either been canceled or would have been changed significantly. And last spring during the time of stay home and work safe, a lot of parents and students developed a brand new appreciation for teachers. I mean, we became very much aware of their work and what they did, operations that they have experienced. Many people have lost their jobs and livelihoods in this season. It's been extraordinarily painful. Some people have lost their lives due to the COVID virus. Other people have lost their lives because they were afraid of going to the hospital or there were different procedures that, was, that were designated as optional or elective when in reality they were still important and they needed those and so some of them there, there were people that we lost because of those kinds of decisions and issues and then many many of us are just weary and tired because of the intensity of the spiritual warfare that we face in dealing with principalities of fear and hatred and other demonic forces that have been turned against us there's a rancor we're tired and weary because of a rancor and the divisiveness that's in our culture right now. And many are tired and weary because of the racial unrest and the injustice that's present in our nation. And because of the political vitriol and, and, and poisoning that's taking place in our, natural, in our national discourse. I mean, it's just amazing. That just wears you out after a while, doesn't it? And then you think about the lies, the deceptions, the exaggerations of our broken culture and influences of this culture. And then 
I think we're tired and weary because common sense is no longer common. It doesn't seem to be. Over the past months, much has been lost in the area of education. Experts in education, they tell us that students lost a lot more than just March, April, and May in terms of their education. Because of what happened in the spring and then with uh, the change in the summer, some of the experts are saying that our students have lost as much as a year and a half, between six months to a year and a half of developmental capacities in terms of their educational learning. I mean, it's easy to forget when you've not been around the school setting. You know, when students take off for the summer, I talk to teachers all the time. They talk about trying to catch them up and build on those building blocks that they forgot about, which are necessary for going on in their educational process. That's already difficult. And then it was a difficult time of trying to learn in uh, March, April, and May. And our schools and our teachers and our parents and our students did remarkable jobs of trying to make adjustments on the fly. But it's been very, very difficult. And so there's a lot that we suffered in that area. So who could have imagined such an impact on education or our world in the past few months? And then we know that this is going to be a challenging school year. It's going to require grace. It's going to require patience. And it's going to require perseverance, not only of our students, our staff, our teachers and parents, but of, of all of us. Some students are going to be getting their schooling in person. They're going to go to the classroom. They're going to go to their schools. Others are going to participate in education online. And then there's some other challenges, right? For our partnership with Hairgrove Elementary, we're actually buying water bottles because the water fountains are turned off, and they'll have fountains that you can get water for your water bottle, but some of the students there who are at risk and have need, our school let us know that they need bottles of, they need water bottles, so we are buying those for them as a church with Copperfield Church and making provision for that. But can you think about all the schools that are needing that provision, especially those that don't have partnerships, and then the at-risk at risk students that don't have the financial resources to afford a water bottle? Social distancing affects classrooms, it affects lunches, and every aspect of life. You know, I was walking in a store the other day, and this person, we kind of met each other, and, and they just kind of did a jig and a jog and said, I am so sorry that, that I'm this close to you. <laughs> I mean, it never even crossed my mind, right? I just wasn't even thinking. I was on my hunt mode, and I was going to get what I needed. But I appreciated their thoughtfulness, and then I realized you know, we've got all that, that going on. Now, I know some of our students, uh, it, it, they're going to be just normal for them. But for some of them, it's going to be a real challenge to do the social distancing. And can you imagine the amount of emotional and mental energy that our teachers and staff, but especially our teachers, are expending when they're having to do a dual educational process of both online and in-person in the classroom, uh, learning to master technology. For some of us, technology is something that's fun. It's invigorating. It's inspiring. We love to tackle technology. Others of us are going, oh, my goodness, you've got to be kidding. And, and anxiety and fear pops up in our hearts. And then, I don't know if you've noticed in our services and other places, as we're learning new technologies, technology doesn't always go the way you want it to, does it? I mean, your phone doesn't always work the way you want it to. And, and technology can be a challenge for us. I mean, we have great sound guys. We have great audiovisual guys. And, and we have great teachers. We have great people and great systems. But learning anything new, when you begin to adapt and when you begin to innovate, it is draining mentally and emotionally on our lives. That's why some of us are going, I don't know why I'm so tired. Well, you're having to make adjustments all the time. I mean, just like going to a fast food place, you've got to make adjustments. And, and your fast food place might not be fast anymore. You know, I went to one of my favorite fast food places the other day because my goal is to keep them in business. And so I went to them, and as I got to the drive-thru, they said, thank you for your money and your payment. Please pull over here, and, and would you wait on us? And I looked around, and there's no one in line, and there's only one other car over there. And I thought, okay, I can do that. So I went over there, and 10 minutes later, somebody came out and said, sir, did you have an order? And I thought, this is not going well. And then uh, I waited another 10 minutes, so my fast food now has taken me 20 minutes, and I realized... 
I don't think I'm getting my fast food in the way that I thought it was going to come. So I got up and went inside the restaurant and went and I said, excuse me, I've got an order. And they said, uh, really? And so we processed a little longer. And so 35 minutes later, I got my wonderful favorite fast food that I was needing. And I've invested a lot in that company to keep them on, keep them going. And so I thought, don't you know who I am by now? And it's a challenging world. And so uh, we're adopting and, and we're innovating and, and it just is draining. Things that should go, I mean, I think that this is going to be a school year that will be hard and draining because our, our students are going to be sitting in class or going through something. They're just going, man, I wish it could be like it was before. I mean, I was watching, the other day I was driving to, to the church. It was early in the morning and I was watching students going to some practice, I assume it was one of their sports practices, maybe football, I would assume, and they're carrying a gallon jug of water with them. You need a gallon jug of water in Houston, Texas, about every hour that you're outside, right? I mean, can you imagine just little things like that? Big adjustments, big adjustments. You just spend a lot of emotional mental energy as you adapt and as you innovate, and at times we're going to wish things just went back to normal. I remember sitting at that restaurant, and I've really not had very many negative thoughts over the past months, but I did have one right there. I just thought, why can't things be normal again? Just, why can't we just go back to normal? And, uh, you know, I, I had to take that thought captive, and uh, it was a challenge with my blood pressure increasing during those 35 minutes of my fast food experience. Suggestions for us. You knew I couldn't just identify with our burdens, right? I do have some suggestions. I do have some instructions or some equipping that will help us to deal with current reality. But I want to challenge you to be an encourager. Oh, my goodness. In school, young people, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, it says, Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves, which is the habit of some, but provoke one another to love and good deeds. And so... I pray, as you're coming back from your experience, man, at youth camp, we've been praying. Uh, Jane Winnie, the, our youth pastor in the Student Ministries Council, said that y'all heard this word. You need, you need to create a, a place and a space for the Lord God to encounter you and for you to encounter him. Well, we're praying you're going to carry that contagion into the schools. We pray you'll be an encourager. Margaret prayed for that to us, prayed for that for us today. And I'm praying that for all of us. I pray we'll go back into our spheres of influence as we're hitting routines. And by the way, some of our people who work in those, uh, those essential job areas, they've not missed a beat since all of this started, right? They've been going and blowing, and they're, you know, they're not on the golf course every day because they're working from home. They're, they're, it's a really different economy and a different social system and culture that's going on around us right now. But I pray people's buttons are going to be pushed in this political season, and they're going to be pushed in, in, in by demons and by other things. And I pray that we'll push people's buttons for love and good deeds. I pray we'll find ways to encourage, that we'll find ways to provoke them to good deeds in this hour. Also, I want to encourage you to give grace to yourself and to others who are also using a lot of emotional and mental energy. Um, I, I was joking about my fast food experience, but I was really proud that I didn't get angry and I didn't get upset and I didn't blow my top. You know, I just, I just was thinking about this is a, just a challenging time and I'm trying to give a lot of grace and I'm trying to give a lot of mercy because I need a lot of grace and a lot of mercy. How about you? We need that. And so let's give a lot of grace. Let's give a lot of mercy to others because people are expending a lot of energy, both mental and emotional. Some of us come home just at the end of the day and we're exhausted and we keep thinking, what did I do today? I didn't work out. I didn't run six miles. You know, I, and, and I'm telling you, when you expend a lot of mental and emotional energy, it drains you physically. Some of you are facing significant issues as a primary caregiver for someone and, and dealing with people's health issues or trying, I mean, again, trying to help our kids to get online and to be online and to be where they're supposed to be in this, in this season. It's super challenging and that is draining. 
So uh, the Bible uses words, when you think about grace and you think about mercy, it tells us to forgive one another, forbear with one another, be patient with one another, be kind to one another. And, and those are all ways to be merciful and gracious. And we just need that in the midst of this current reality in which we are dealing with. Um, and then I want to encourage you to walk in the light with others when you're down or when you're struggling. So you've heard this principle around here a lot. It's actually one of the primary ways that God transform us, transforms us. There's a mental model of transformation, and it actually it, it's our vision taken to a level of intentionality that requires cooperation with the Lord. Intimacy, community, and kingdom. We want to have a reflective lifestyle with the Lord where we learn to hear the voice of the Lord and we partner with him to co-create. He's the creator. He speaks, right? And so as we listen to him and as we, as we get infused with his words and his spirit, we become co-creators with God, partnering with him in impacting lives and the world around us. And that comes from intimacy with God. We want people to, to really experience intimacy with God. And we want true Christian community. We want people to have an open and honest relationship with others where we have a shared life on a shared mission and vision. And we were meant for others. And so as we spend time with the Lord, we are transformed from glory to glory. Even as we dimly behold him, as we make space for the God of the kingdom of heaven, as he invades our lives, as we just, just even dimly behold him, wondering, do our prayers get above the ceiling? The answer is absolutely something is happening in our lives. Even when you can't experience, you're not even aware of it. You have no recollection of it. But it, transformation also happens as we do life together. That's why our church is built on small groups where we can learn to invest in one another. We can learn to walk in light. We've got to learn how to walk in the light with people intentionally, especially in these seasons of challenge. So when you're down or struggling, I want to encourage you, take time to be open and honest with people about where you are. And then we have this kingdom part of our vision. We want to extend the kingdom of God in the whole earth, both starting here in our Jerusalem all the way to the ends of the earth. And, and to do that, we need to be a people of radical obedience. We need to be a people who have a yes in our spirit, or, or even like the, the man prayed when Jesus said, do you believe I can deliver your son and heal him of this, this afflicting spirit? He said, yes, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I love that honesty there. You know, we want to be radically obeying the Lord, even if we've got fears or concerns or doubts or wonderings, we still want to fight through to get to that yes, Lord. We want a yes in our spirits. I think one of the ways that we know we're growing spiritually is when it, it's a shorter amount of time between the Lord gives us something to do or an assignment or speaks to us, and we say yes. I mean, some of us, it takes weeks of negotiation, and it takes weeks of of doing what Moses did. I think you called on the wrong person, oh God. You were looking for Megan Yarborough. You were not looking for me. You were looking for Pastor Steve. You, uh, you got the wrong address or phone number. We do those negotiations. It, wouldn't it be great if we get it down to microseconds? Or I guess it'd be milliseconds? I mean, we're, God says something, we just go, yeah, amen. Yeah, amen. And, and that would be really good, wouldn't it? That means we're growing emotionally and spiritually. We're being formed. Well, the bottom line is God uses all three of those aspects to change all three of our vision or that mental model of transformation. He uses all three of those to change our lives. But especially in this area of authenticity, of authentic community, of true Christian community, especially in this area when you're struggling when you're down, don't wait to talk with someone and share with someone what you're thinking, what you're feeling, and what you're experiencing. The bottom line is we need each other. We were made to be interdependent, and don't do it alone. Don't be a lone ranger. I mean, isn't it amazing? We call him the lone ranger, but he had Tonto, right? He needed somebody. And so you, who's your tonto? Who, who, is, who are the people around you that you need? Who is it? So 
What am I saying with, with this suggestion? Here's the summary. Share with others for the sake of prayer and get prayer and process out loud for the sake of emotional and mental health. Did you hear me say process out loud? Bring it out into the light. Walk in the light with others. And uh, how can we do that? I've got six questions, and this is going to be on the web on my sermon notes, so you don't need to panic. But there are six questions that I'm using all the time in different small group settings and different I'm a part of different board meetings. I'm a part of different ministry meetings and, 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 and different missional communities. And I use these six questions all the time. I wonder if spouses used these six questions with each other, what it would do to open up lines of communication. Young people, uh, you know, uh, it's a challenge. Your, your mom and dad said, how did your day go? And, and your response is usually fine or okay. Those big one word answers. And so, parents, maybe some of these questions. By the way, when I'm dealing with people, I say, just pick one or two of these questions. You know, we can use these to find out how our day's going or to open up the door. Or if nobody's asking you these questions, volunteer them and say, listen, I've got this pastor, and he has these long sermon notes. And in this sermon notes this week, he said that I need to learn to be open and honest. And he said I need to pick one or two of these questions and share with somebody. Can I share with you? You can blame me, right? So here are the questions. What are you celebrating? What are you celebrating? Number two, what are you learning about yourself? What are you learning? What are you learning? Sometimes we talk about our job. We talk about, you know, but, but really we're trying to find out what are you learning? What is the Lord teaching you about doing life and about, about, about things? Number three, what challenge or challenges are you facing? What challenge or challenges are you facing? Where are you stuck or stopped? Some of us have been stuck or stopped for years. And if we would talk about it, we would actually see that thing disempowered in our lives. Where are you stuck or stopped? What transformation are you currently working on? Like God puts his finger on things in our lives, not to bring judgment, but to bring transformation, to bring grace, to bring favor, to bring resource, so that we can become who he intends for us to be. So, what transformation are you working on? And then what do you just need to say? What do you need to say? Sometimes these questions don't catch it, but you go, you know, hey, I just need somebody to know today. I had a really hard day. This has been a really hard week, and, and I'm really just, I, I'm struggling. Would you pray for me? What you don't say owns you. We learned that from Jack Deere years ago. What you don't say owns you. So that's why I added that question. And I've been in meetings where all these questions have been used. Again, now, don't, don't use all six at the same time, right? You'll wear out the person that you're walking the light with. Uh, after an hour, they're going to go, wow, that's really good. But, uh, you know, pick one or two. But if you'll do this, I do this on a daily basis. I do this so regularly that it's become a part of who I am. And I just do this in all sorts of settings. So I want to encourage you, walk in the light. That's 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. Walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. And it's in the context of fellowship or interdependence or relationship that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So, I've just spent some time, and we've looked at current reality. We've painted a picture of what current reality is concerning this new school and this new year that we're facing. What I want to do now is talk about a preferred future. What I do is, I look at, hey, this is where I am, but this is where I want to be. This is where I'm going. This is what I, I feel like I need to be. So in light of our current reality, we need some words of encouragement and hope. And so I want to share a vision of a preferred future for us. So to every student, to every teacher, to every staff member, to every parent, to every believer, I want to say these things to you. Number one, you were created for such a time as this. We've said that over and over, but some of us are thinking, man, I was born at the wrong time. I wished I could go back to the good old days, whatever that was, and we pick a date or a time. Did you know that just like Mordecai told Esther, he said, who knows that you were born for such a time as this? I believe that God has been orchestrating and working and moving, and he's got the people on this planet that he wants on the planet at this time. 
I believe that our God takes all the brokenness of this world and all the brokenness in our family lines and all of our free will, and he, he, he's still going to sum up everything in Jesus Christ. There's still going to be a generation that will rise in the earth, according to Psalm 24, that seeks his face, that seeks the face of the Lord, and that speaks to the gates and prepares the way for the coming of the Lord. I still believe that. There's a generation. We need to be looking forward, and you and I need to realize I'm here for a purpose. I'm here for a reason. I'm here for such a time as this. You've got to keep saying that over and over again, right? Right now, there are numbers of people so discouraged, so depressed, so directionless, that we're seeing suicide rates skyrocket even among people in ministry. This is a hard season. Remember my suggestion earlier, talk to somebody. Talk to somebody and get prayer. Don't do this alone. But recognize what I want every student, every teacher, every staff member, what I want every parent, what I want all of us as believers as we enter into this year, I want us to have this conviction. I was chosen and put here for such a time as this, and God will be with me and help me to deal with this season. Number two, you were made to overcome and rise to the challenge in Christ Jesus. You were made to overcome and to rise to the challenge in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's actually a part of being an image bearer, bearing the image of God. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5, it says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. As a believer, our faith can help us to overcome as we put our faith in him, in us, and through us. So, we were made to overcome. We were actually made to rise up to the challenge. I think that's a part of God's image in all of us. God doesn't want us to quit. He doesn't want us to stop short. He doesn't want to sell out. He doesn't want us to drop out or burn out. He wants us, by faith in Christ Jesus, He wants us to overcome. And then, listen to, turn your Bibles actually to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 to 39. I want us to read this together. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 to 39. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay, but my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but are those who believe and are saved. You see it there? We, the righteous live by faith. They live by faith in God. They, they really believe that he can, he can be trusted with our confidence, with our future. Paul said it like this, I know whom I believed, and I'm persuaded that he can keep that, which I've committed to him against that day or the day of the Lord Jesus. And so this confidence, this faith, it's going to be richly rewarded, but it says you need to persevere. There's some stuff we just have to go through. There's stuff. I mean, all of us which wish that life was easy, it was just smooth sailing, but there are some serious storms, some serious waves. I mean, we have two storms in the Gulf at the same time, and I've not seen that in my lifetime, and I've been here a few years. And I'm just going, really? These are interesting times, are they not? Challenging times. And so he says... But, but my righteous one will choose to live by faith. Now, the way we do that is because Jesus is the author of faith. We ask him for help with our faith. We just don't assume that. But because of our relationship with him, we want to learn to flow in faith. But I love this. He says, my righteous one will live by faith. But if he shrinks back, I'll not be placed. God's, God's will, his desire is not for any of us to shrink back or stop short. 
But he says, but I love this prophetic word. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are those who believe and are saved. God says you're an overcomer. God says you are an overcomer in Jesus. To those online, God is saying to you today, I've made you an overcomer in Christ as you put your faith in him. That's our God. Amen? The Lord is using this time to build in us capacity and to develop in us spiritual muscles of faith, hope, and love to deal with the future that is coming. To deal with the future that is coming. I hope that there's different passages in the Bible that you've memorized because you need them. You need to reflect on them and think about them. I hope that Romans 8.28 is one of those verses that you've got memorized. And, and God is able to make all things work together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. And it goes on to say, which is conformity to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Lord is using this time he can redeem any time. He can redeem whatever you've been through in your life. He didn't cause it if it's bad. He didn't cause it. But he can take all the stuff of your life and he can work it together for good. And he can build in us spiritual muscles, spiritual capacities for faith, hope, and love so that we can deal with what's coming. Our, you know, Pastor Steve has been telling us that this virus is like a pop test. It's a real test. It's a real grade. And, it, and it's real. But this is, you know, so many people are wondering, is this the end? Is the end coming? I want to be really clear. This is, this is not anything like what's coming, right? Now, I don't say that to scare you because Isaiah 60 says things are going to get darker and darker, better and better, faster and faster. And so at the same time, all this stuff is happening. We're going to see some breakthroughs and some miracle signs and wonders. We're going to see God doing amazing things. And we're going to wonder if our country's going to make it or our world's going to make it. I'm going to wonder if, if you're going to make it or if I'm going to make it. But the Lord wants us to say, you know, you've got to develop some strength and some muscles. Back last August, I did something to my left shoulder. I don't know what I did to my left shoulder. But uh, as an athlete, a former athlete, I, I know that you don't, you don't make adjustments. You don't compensate for things because you can wear out another body part. So, you know, I've got knees that, that creak and make sounds and ankles and things. So when I've hurt them, I put on braces to give them a little bit of support. Does that make sense? Well, with my shoulder, I did, two, I did two things wrong. Number one is I ignored it. It was, just, it was just an irritation. It was just hurting. It was just, you know, I don't know what I did to it. And I'm embarrassed to say I figured out that I slept on it wrong. But don't tell anybody that. But, you know, I, it wasn't like I was doing some great lifting 600 pounds, you know, when I was doing something. Um, but I ignored it. And then... Uh, back at the first part of July, the pain in my shoulder went from a 3 to a 15 on a scale of 1 to 10. And so when I got home, I scheduled an appointment with the doctor. First, I got prayer from the team, and the team prayed for me, and the, the, the pain went from uh, that 15 to a 3. But it was back where it was, and I was going, Lord, it's one of the great mysteries, right? Lord, how about finishing it so I don't have to go to the doctor? But I was very grateful for that relief and for that, that partial healing. I celebrated that. But anyway, I went on to the orthopedic uh, sports medicine doctor, and he, and he injected a shot into there. I had inflammation. And then uh, they sent me to rehab. I've been in rehab now for several weeks working on my shoulders. And uh, I did not know how weak my shoulder had gotten until this, this therapist began to give me all these exercises to do, and my shoulder just won't do what I've told it to do. You know, it's just not cooperating like it should. And I kept thinking, I've always told people, as soon as you injure something, you know, get a brace on it so that you don't overcompensate, you don't wear out another part, and then be sure to get that thing taken care of because it'll get weak over time. And, uh, man, I wished I'd have had my own counsel in my head. And so right now I'm doing that rehab work, and, and this thing is getting stronger. I can feel different muscles. I, the therapist is, is helping me. I didn't know how the shoulder worked and that there were different 
Would y'all like me to explain to you how the shoulder, I, I can take an hour or two. This is fascinating how God has put us together. But um, yeah, I'm learning a lot about shoulders and about muscles and, and nerves and all that. Why are we talking about this? That's a good question. Because God wants to help us to develop spiritual muscles. I need my shoulder to work. You need your faith muscle to work. You need your hope muscle to work. So we're talking about a preferred future because we need faith, hope, and love. We need our love muscles to work. You know, right now, there's all this talk, and, and, and we're not being very loving to one another. And did you know Jesus just cut through the whole thing when he said, love your enemies? I'm not so sure our love muscle is strong enough to do that well right now. At least what I'm, I'm reading and listening to it's just easier to be unloving, right? I love Hosea chapter 2. This is another one that you want to put to memory or study. Hosea chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. The Lord was talking, using this analogy in the life of Hosea, who had married a person who was really super broken sexually and morally. And, and, and God said, this is the way my people are. They keep committing adultery. They keep going astray. But in Hosea chapter 2, verse 14, he says, I'm going to allure her. I'm going to lure my people out into the desert. That's the place of stripping. That's the place where you wonder how you're going to survive. And I'm going I'm to lead her through the valley of a core, which means trouble. I'm going to lead her through the valley of a core, and there I will encounter her. We're going to look back on this season of pandemic, and we're going to look back on this season of racial uh, turmoil and injustice, and we can look back, if we're people of faith, and we can look at this long, dark valley and see it as a door where God encounters us. We can look back, and God promises that. That's what I'm doing. I'm looking for that. When you're in the middle of the long, dark valley, it's hard to see, but when we get on the other side... So that's developing a faith muscle. That's developing a, 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 a hope muscle in our lives. So this day of challenge is actually our opportunity to encounter the Lord, to enter into rest, and to shine for Jesus. This season is an opportunity for personal transformation. As things get stirred up in your life, don't ignore it. Okay, if you've got pain in your body, don't ignore it, right? That was the... That really long story that I told you, that's what that was about. If, if God's putting his finger on something in your life, if he's putting, if something's getting stirred up in your life, please don't ignore it. Don't waste a good test. Don't waste a good trial. Let it be an opportunity for experience in the Lord. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5. We want to read verses 7 to 11. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 to 11. So this is a season that's an opportunity for personal transformation. Things are going to get stirred up in your life. Don't ignore those things, but work with God and work with others on your transformation. Don't waste this trial, this test, or this opportunity. 1 Peter 5, 7-11. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to destroy or devour. Resist him, standing firm in your faith because you know that your brothers and sisters throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong firm and steadfast. To him be the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So don't waste your trial or your test. It's an opportunity. And it says, after you've suffered for a little while, six months to me is a long time. But in the, in the backdrop of eternity, it's nothing, right? And so what we're facing, let, let's let God use it to change us, to transform us. Let's learn how to resist the enemy. Let's learn how to stand firm in our faith. And, and the whole world is in this same thing together, isn't it? In this season. And then it says, after you've suffered for a little while, he will himself, 
He will himself restore you. He will make you strong. He will make you firm. He will make you steadfast. Our God's going to come through for us. Sometimes when you're in the middle of it, though, you wonder, right? And it's okay to wonder. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to get discouraged and disappointed. But again, don't ignore those things. Run to God with your frustrations, your, your irritations, your doubts, your challenges. Run to Him. Because this is who He is. He says, cast your anxieties. Throw them. Whatever it is that's eating at you, bring it to me. Let's talk about it. Let's deal with it. And also we deal with that with God's people. So this is an opportunity for personal transformation. So as things get stirred up in your life, don't ignore it. Let the Lord help you and learn to use weapons or skills that disempower thoughts, values, and vows that hold you back. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 6, the Bible says we've been given divinely powerful weapons for the pulling down of strongholds. They're not carnal. They're not of this world. They're, devi they're divinely powerful weapons. A weapon is a skill or a technology or a capacity to deal with something, especially to take captive every thought, every pretension that lifts itself up against the true name, the true nature of our God. There are skills, there are capacities that we need to develop, that we need to learn for our personal transformation so that we can overcome vows so that we can overcome wrong values or wrong thoughts that hold us back and all of us have stuff like that like when i was growing up i was taught this is just this is just part of our west texas culture man we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and we just take on life and solve it ourselves that's a great saying right i mean that's that is texas that that's who we are but you know what that's not that's not the ideal. That's not the best. It's better when we do it together. A strand, of, a, a, a strand of two cords or three cords is not easily broken, the scripture says in Ecclesiastes. Let the Lord help you to develop guiding principles and faith declarations that will help you to co-create with God in your future, your preferred future. Man, Jeremiah 29, 11 is another one you need to memorize, right? God says, I know the plans that I have for you. And we're going, oh, great. Plans for judgment. Plans for more. Plan. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans for your welfare or your wholeness. Plans for your welfare and your good. And, 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 and we want God to have those things in our life. You have to remind yourself. You have to reprogram because this world and our own brokenness will, will, and the enemy will just tor torment us and say, man, God's against you. He's not for you. Romans chapter 8 just talks about since God is for us. I think it's verse 31 or 34. And get those into your spirit. And then Hebrews 10, 35 to 39. I, we read that just a second ago. The writer of Hebrews by the anointing of the Holy Spirit says, we're not like those who will shrink back. We're not going to stop short. We're not going to quit. We're not going to give up. We're going to overcome. Well, you got to hear that over and over, especially because all the stuff we're hearing over and over. So, we talked about current reality. We talked about future reality. I just want to mention school partnerships. I want to speak to believers and churches about the importance of school partnerships and what God can do through service and prayer to change the trajectory of children and students for good. So Calvary, first of all, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for your service and your impact with Copperfield Church at our partnership with Harrogrove Elementary. As you know, they've got a new uh, principal this year, Miss Michelle Lee, and so they're experiencing a lot of trans, uh, transformation and change, but they've got a great team. We heard from Michelle at our, our celebration dinner just a few weeks ago, and they, they're on a great track. The academic standing and achievement of this Title I school continues to amaze people at the local and state levels. Our partnership is a part of the success at Hairgrove as we support the staff, as we support the teachers, as we support the students. These are tangible results. They're actually academic results that this school has achieved and its students have achieved. And they're also intangible results, like impacting the staff 
and their morale. They just, they love the teacher appreciation gifts and all that we do for them. The climate of the school, the individual lives of students and teachers and staff are impacted. So Calvary, I want to thank you for your impact and for your service with Copperfield Church at Hare Grove Elementary. And I want to thank you if you're a student, if you're a pastor, or I'm a parent, a staff, or any of our viewers that are online and you're involved in different ways in schools and in the school districts in which you live and work, I want to thank you for your impact and for your partnership with your local schools. And then I want to really encourage you, would you please advocate for public education? It's really important. This is one of the highest leveraged activities that we can do to change the trajectory of children for good. At schools that are at risk or people that are in poverty, as we come alongside them and we advocate in public education and we advocate with them, we can change and help students. And uh, it, it, it makes a difference so that they become even more productive citizens in this world. And I want to encourage believers in churches, please advocate for school partnerships uh, all across greater Houston. Uh, I, I pray, like in Cypher ISD, I believe we've seen almost half the schools in Cypher ISD have a partnership with a church or a business. And Loving Houston has worked tirelessly, and they've seen more than 100 new school partnerships start in districts all across greater Houston. And we have so much more to do. Right now, you know, this is a time when uh, our state legislature and other governments are talking about cutting the funds for public education. We don't need to be cutting the funds. We need to be increasing the support. And again, going back to those of us that are parents that weren't teachers and, and aren't a part of the school system, what happened last March, April, and May, and we realized those teachers are worth their weight in gold. They are doing a job, and, and they're doing 60, 70, 80 hours a week, and they're getting paid way too little. And we can argue all day long about finances and stuff, but you know that Texas itself, we can do better, even as a state. Like, like the, it, to get people from the, the, those that are extreme poverty, about the 20% of our population, where they've got the resources to do what they need to do in our state, we'd spend about $12,000 per student to do that. It's a lot of money, right? Do you know how much we spend a year for people that are incarcerated? The number I saw seven or eight or nine years ago was over $75,000. It's a better investment of our money, right? To make a difference now. And so what, what I'm saying is, I know, I, I, like right now, what are we going to do with our broken economy? What are we going to do with, I don't know what we're going to do. But we need to advocate. Let's remember the children. Let's remember the schools. Let's remember, and, and you know, we're excited about private education, and we're excited about home education, and all that is really important. But if we're going to change our whole society and cause the whole ship to come up, Jeremiah 29, 7 says, pray for prosperity of your entire city or state, okay? And then we all prosper as it goes up. Well, in my notes, you'll be excited to know that, that I, I record prayers from our prayer meetings. We have some encounters with God in our prayer meetings, and it just watching the flow of the Holy Spirit. So I've given you some ways to pray for our students, our teachers, our staff, our parents, for the school districts as we get back to school. So I want to encourage you with those prayers, and they're there. Um, I know I've had several people online especially just thanking me for my notes and things that help them. It gives them a track to run on. Folks, I want you to know our prayers make a difference. Listen to this in Matthew chapter 18. We began with this and I want to close with it. Matthew chapter 18, verse 18 to 20. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am also. 
I pray that in the next several months, especially in this political season, especially in this season of pandemic, especially in this season of racial unrest and social injustice, I pray that we'll loose on earth what God wants loose. And I pray we'll bind on earth what God said, I don't want that in this nation. I pray we'll stand in the gap. So I've given you some inspirational notes and you'll go, wow, when I read those. Amen? So would y'all stand up? So Lord, I'm so glad that we don't face the future or today alone. With God helping us, Lord, that's the key phrase for all of us. So we say, with God helping us, we'll be the students, the teachers, the staff, the parents. We'll be the adults, the church members, the business people that you called us to be. With God helping us. With God helping us, we'll shine with God helping us, we'll share. With God helping us, we'll be transformed. With God helping us, we'll learn new skills and develop new capacities. With God helping us, we'll not waste a trial or a tragedy or a test. With God helping us, God, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing in our culture. And, and we stand amazed. We get to partner with you. We get to bind and loose. We've given authority. We've been given an opportunity. Yes, it's a challenge. Yes, we wouldn't wish this on anyone, but it's an opportunity to develop new muscles and capacities. Lord, we just say, have your way. Help us, God. Have your way. Lord, again, I want to lift up all those that are really tired, really worn out, and have expended a lot of mental and emotional energy. God, would you replenish my friends right now in Jesus' name? Whether they're in this room, whether they're online, whether they're, they're outside the, the frame of this building, God, would you send forth help from heaven? And would you strengthen our brothers and sisters who need you in Jesus' name? Or would you bring emotional healing? And would you bring freedom and deliverance from the mental anguish and the anxieties and the thoughts that are tormenting. God, would you take us to new levels and capacities so that as things get better and better, we, we won't be corrupted or we won't be uh, destroyed in our character by, by the good things you're doing. And, and Lord, as things get worse and worse, we'll not be knocked out of the saddle. or not, We won't be knocked off stride, but we'll be able to keep on with you. Lord, thank you that you said we're not like those who shrink back, those who fall short, those who give up. Lord, we receive that word in Jesus' name. And we say, by your grace, by your help, you'll strengthen us and renew us. And we say, amen, amen, amen. I pray that over my friends today, and I pray that for those online, and I pray that for us in this room in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode from Calvary Community Church Podcast. For more content and information about Calvary Community Church, please visit our website at calvaryhouston.com.